Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. Uh, I'm Anthony Irwin, as always, joined here by Aaron Larsoul. In a little bit, I am going to be joined by more of you. There are going to be more listeners kind of tuning in and, you know, asking questions and, you know, taking the show wherever uh, it is they want to take it. I have a couple topics kind of lined up here, Aaron, for you and me to start okay. the show. I don't want to dive too deep into one of them so that we can save one for our conversation tomorrow on the hook. Okay. So you can choose between uh, the Lakers clutch struggles or Is that clutch with a C or clutch with a K. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. Um, but the, uh, the, the, the struggles in the clutch with a C. Okay. Um, and, uh, or we could talk about a theory that I have about, these scoring lines and these wild stat lines that are going up across the league, um, whether or not they are actually good for the league uh, long term. Hmm. Uh, so, which 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 way would you like to take this thing? Uh, well, this I think is more of a Lakers specific show. Tomorrow can be the hook tends to wander a little more NBA. So let's do uh, the Lakers clutch struggles. Great, yeah, it's awesome because I have whiskey in front of me. Um, so <laughs> I do we not. Can, we can <laughs> we can talk about the Lakers struggles so long as I have whiskey in front of me. Yeah. when we do right. so, fair enough. Um, all right. So the Lakers, uh, I, I I should have pulled up the math on this, but the math is not good. Just suffice it to say that the Lakers are the worst clutch team in the NBA among teams that are trying to win, right? I think that's that's the the, the, the fairest way to put it. Fair there enough, are teams yeah. that are technically worse on either side of the ball than the Lakers, but they tend to be the teams that are in Wimbenyama sweepstakes and actually get to keep their pick. Um, so, one, I think we need to start with why they struggle the way that they do. Do you have a theory on where the struggles come from, which side of the ball you're more concerned about, which side of the ball drives you drives you more crazy um, and 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 leads to the, the the Lakers being as bad as they've been in those. So, spots. yes, I think I do have some some answers for it. Um, but the which one do I think is a bigger deal and which one do I think drives me more insane are two different things. The one that drives me more insane is deep is the defensive end. But I think that is just an Anthony Davis thing. Um, I, I, the, the, the defense is bad with, I mean, clutch time and non-clutch time. So that's more frustrating because the, the breakdowns are so obvious, but I think all of that is solved by Anthony Davis, um, who has been doing more and more on the court and, and looks like there's going to be an early February return. So that one is more frustrating to me, but I think it's also more easily solvable. Um, and I think there's a, there's like a direct reason for it. The, the, the defensive personnel just isn't very good without yeah. Anthony Davis. And it's compounded by the fact that, A, Anthony Davis is one of the best handful of defenders in the league. But one of the things he is also best at as a defender is cleaning up other people's mistakes. As for the offense, um, I'm less optimistic about the offense turning around. Um, and, and I think there are very obvious and reasonable reasons why the offense struggles in in clutch with a c moments um the main one is i mean frankly there's not a lot of offensive talent on the roster either and there is specifically a dearth of of shooting um on the move there are some guys that can make i mean pat bev has been terrible this year but he is a decent 
catch and shoot three point guy. Troy Brown's fine. Um, LeBron has been fine in the past. He hasn't been this year, etc. Um, but there is not somebody that makes defenses go, oh shit. Um, and there is not somebody, even those guys who are who are competent three point shooters like Pat Bev are not guys that do so on the move. Uh, they're not catch and shoot on the move guys. And that limits what you can do and how much you can get a defense to adjust and move around. Um, so I think that's that's a problem. Uh, but the two biggest problems are, one, the way in which, and, and they're all related, but the way in which the Lakers get their buckets is through transition. The Lakers are the second fastest paced team in the league. They get out in transition, get easy buckets. Um, they've been playing some much more athletic lineups um, recently. And that has included guys and combinations, more importantly than guys, that that are athletically, you know, NBA players, but in some of them even athletically gifted. But guys that are going to thrive in transition. Russ is going to obviously be better. I mean, everybody, offense is always more efficient in transition. But yeah, Russ specifically, Wenyon specifically, even Thomas Bryant, those are guys that are going to, um, even even the delta between their normal half-court production and their, their uh, transition production, is the Delta is even greater than for normal NBA players. Um, and the game just isn't played that way in the final few minutes. People are trying harder on defense. Um, coaches manage the game more, micromanage the game more offensively, more timeouts. Not this one. <laughs> more timeouts, more more set plays. <laughs> Most and, coaches is, and, is how we'll put that. Um, there's been times where there's been a lot of frustration from me, even from LeBron, of like, why isn't LeBron getting a touch here? Um, because he is the best half court player ever, the best decision maker ever, one of the best passers ever. Um, and some of that I think is miscommunication. I think some of that is Russ trying to do too much on his own. Um, but another part of it is LeBron looks tired at the end of games and settles for jumpers that are not going in right now because he's tired and it's easier to shoot jumpers than to, you know, take on eight guys in the paint, right? Because there isn't the spacing. But also, I think part of it is his age. Um, even in his best moments, even in his freshest moments, he is not able to beat people off the bounce as easily as he once was. He can still bully his way, but he is not yeah. able to just quick first step, just beat guys off the bounce as often and as easily as he has in the past. And then when you're bullying your way in there, Again, that leads to more fatigue. So I think it is a LeBron fatigue thing. A The game slows down and the Lakers are not personnel-wise really equipped to play in a half-court slugfest and um, and some some decision-making stuff. So I, I think all of those factors have combined for the offense to to be what you have seen thus far. Yeah, I, the, everything that you said, I would, I would add to it um, that the Lakers... Like Darwin isn't going to bench Russ as often as he kind of maybe should. Um, it'll happen every so often. It has happened every so often in games where Russ has been abysmal or a player has just been so good that you can't pull that guy off of the court. Um, and the problem with Russ being on the court is like you talked a second ago about the frustrations that, you know, LeBron will have or that we'll have watching where you have possessions that LeBron doesn't touch the ball. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because if Russ is on the court, the only way that he can have value out there on the court is to have the ball in his hands because he's going to be actively detrimental when he is out there and he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Um, they don't, for whatever reason, want to go to 
two-man games with him and LeBron. We just haven't seen that very much this year. I mean, I have um, an answer for that. I have an what? answer for why. What? Why? Russ just won't set a screen. He just won't. Well, he yeah, he I mean, will not. So, like, it's if it's not something Russ is going to do or comfortable doing, you're not going to get the best results that you would otherwise, because that yeah. would be an effective thing. Russ, for all of his faults, is a very good passer. Um, and if you're going to, if you try, if, if Russ sets the screen and the, and two guys end up going to the ball with LeBron, Russ four on three is a very effective thing. Yeah. You would think, <laughs> but we've been saying now for two years, like when yeah. is Russ going to screen for LeBron? And it doesn't well, but happen. like, that's, that's the frustrating part of this, right? Is Russ is in there for, for the sake of politics because he is Russell Westbrook. And he's I, been like, he's been that's part he's of it. Been, He's been fine, but like if you're gonna have somebody in there who's already an iffy fit, and you're gonna have that player in there because of some of the politics behind it, and then that guy isn't gonna do the things that you need to be successful out there, like there just can't be all of that going on at the same time. That's they fair. Aren't, is it you like the, the Lakers to like to the point you made a second ago as far as you know the issues that the Lakers have on both sides of the ball? They aren't talented enough to 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 like trim down their margins by way of locker room politics or guys not being willing sure. to, to do these other things that make them better. I think, yes, that's fair. That's fair. But, um, without Lonnie and without Austin Reeves and, uh, Troy yeah. was out for a while, like, okay, fine. Like fine. But for, for whom, right. It's kind of like the all-star snub thing. Like, all right, well, so-and-so should be in. Okay. Well, who are you taking out? Like, if you want to take Russ out, who's the alternative? Uh, last night, I, I would Presently, have had... who's the alternative? Last night, I would have had Troy in there for either Russ and, or Pat. And by the way, here's the other thing. Everybody has been on my head about, you know, because I've been mo more supportive of Pat than the masses, I guess, right? But everybody's been telling me how awful Pat has been, and everybody wants Pat bench too. So, like, okay, fine. <laughs> who Then who? You're going to do like, the Hoosiers four on five thing? <laughs> right my team's on the floor <laughs> yeah we're gonna have russ we're gonna have russ go to uh practice well, actually there's no shoot around tomorrow i was gonna say we were gonna have next practice we're just gonna have russ out, russ and pat bev out there with uh with no ball they're just gonna be chairs out there we're doing losers <laughs> well i look it, it, so you're saying they're just gonna have thomas bryant out there like you just <laughs> uh, there are times where i feel like a chair might be if, if, can you give me like a 610 chair i think that might uh, defensively like sometimes the, i the throne from game of thrones would be yeah, more exactly. effective than i mean Thomas and that looks Bryant. dangerous too the throne from yeah. game of thrones literally fouling the... out yeah it's fouling <laughs> out in like four minutes just uh, standing there alert, for those who didn't watch house of dragons or whatever literally killed uh multiple kings at this point all, all right kind of diseases. um let's open this up we'll come yeah. back to that topic over the course of of our conversation here We'll open this thing up to Alexis, it looks like, who is, who is here. Thank you very much, Alexis, for joining us again. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Welcome. You have a question, comment, orca fact? What, what are we thinking here? Uh, I have a question. So with Russ, um, uh, like past two weeks or so, roughly, um, Coach Ham has been running a – uh, Russ Schroeder, Brian, or Gabriel, and like wings lineup. How well do you think the um, wings? Air quote on wings. <laughs> wings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Try. You know, or some or Reese or whatever. So, um, 
Yeah. So how, how well do you think the double driving of Schroeder and, um, you know, Russ lineup has been working um, that since Sam started this? I'm not a fan of the combination. I just think uh, both of those guys need the ball in their hands and neither guy, uh, the defense, like with Russ, the defense openly laughs when he's open from three. With Schroeder, it's like, I mean, I guess I'll get a hand up, right? Um, you need one of those guys to to get the defense to kind of move. Um, so if you're going to do that, you need like Brown out there. I think eventually Austin Reeves is gonna is gonna get to a point where defenses will move to try to get him off the three point line. Weirdly, Cole Swider does this. Like it was the weirdest thing earlier this year. I don't think it's weird like, at all. He's a shooter. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying that like usually usually it takes a while for that rep to be developed, right? Like he's a, he's a undrafted two way guy basically. Right. So, so usually like that kind of player, even if he can shoot, usually it's like, I mean, let's, let's make him prove that he can shoot before we move. Um, but they need, like, if you're going to have those two guys out there, you need somebody who moves the defense. So I disagree kind of about Swider. Um, I think it's more that it takes a while for, uh, a scouting report to change in the face of new information. When you come in the league and everybody knows the only reason you're in the league is because you knock down jumpers, you'll get some respect. But I do agree with your earlier point. Uh, and Alexis, this is kind of why I'm not a huge fan of that. The, the double driving that you mentioned is because for it's traffic, it's for LA that to, traffic. Right, for that, to, for that to be a fair, it's a four Oh five on a Friday afternoon uh, for, for, uh, for that to be effective you do either have to get, get the defense to move if that's moving to somebody else or you have to get the defense running out at you, you know, trying to run you off the three-point line to open up some of those driving lanes. Both of those guys, they're pump fake. Nobody cares. They're not getting run off the line aggressively enough that they can use their quickness, ball handling skills to get in the lane and do anything. So I think, I mean, you mentioned it, Alexis. You said, you know, it's about that lineup is about two weeks old. What does that coincide with? That it coincides with Lonnie not being available and Austin not being available. Yeah. Um, so again, like like I was just discussing with Anthony, like sure, I don't love it. Um, that is a lineup that's gonna can be effective in transition, right? Dennis is good in transition. Rush is good in transition. When you know, get out and run with them. Um, but like, if you want a different lineup, okay, fine. Whom? And what what is the flag? Is that a three on the on the flag there to your left? It's your oh, right yeah. on the screen, but yeah, what yeah. is that? What uh, is that? So that's a that's a pansexual pride flag. Awesome, so, yeah, love it. And you mentioned the three. I have my AD. There you go. Jersey. All right, so there you um, go. Well, you we so, will be expecting him back. I, I would imagine. He's probably got another. He's going to miss. I think another three or four games. Weeks, yeah. it, it should be. He sh I think he'll be back. Even like the, the early report was early February, which is kind of nebulous. I think it's probably at the beginning of February. There yeah. was some reporting of like late January, and that feels like a bit of a rush. It, it's so the whole situation with AD is super weird to me. Like, I again, I'm not a doctor. Maybe, maybe I'll bring Jen in here. She's just in the other room, but um, it's super weird that he would miss 20 something games, never wear a walking boot, never require crutches. Never look like he's any in any actual pain, like on the bench. At, like the whole thing, travel with the team with mm -hmm. an injury, you would think that like doctors would be a little worried about inflammation on a plane with the, the whole thing. 
I'm not saying I'm not like going out here and saying like like he's not hurt, whatever. Like I'm not. I wouldn't. Yeah, you like going tinfoil hat on us? Not not a doctor, <laughs> but like I, I just I the whole thing. Like Aaron, you have to admit, yeah. like it's a little weird, right? Little weird. Well, the whole I mean, thing is he, yeah. Go ahead, Alexis. Shooting ahead. around, you know, lately. You know, he's, yeah. He's he's been he's been uh, not doing contact stuff yet, but he is. Uh, yes, and Alexis, I see a question up here. Is that? Uh yeah um. So, Oh, um, oh, I can I can read it. If Bev, chat, oh yeah, I can, if Bev is right. so bad, like everyone says, then how are we going to trade him? Kuz talk once again going. Yeah, I mean, um, he's making you know, if he's so bad, then you know, how are we going to train for anything? Of well, value? so here's what I will say for for uh, I'll be kind of vague here. I, I, okay, I will be not vague first, and then I will be kind of vague. The not vague part is calls have been made about Kuz. Um, and Washington is telling everyone he's simply not available. Yeah, and now Hodgmer is now. Can, can that change? Yes, but as of now, that's what they're saying. Is that posturing? Is that real? They would they would like to resign him. Does Kuz want to stay there? Obviously, there's there's numerous factors. But as it relates to Bev as a trade piece, um, and this is also true of other guys, right? This is true of maybe Kendrick Nunn, this is true of Russ, all of the expiring assets that the Lakers have. Other teams are not trading for those guys, the player. They are trading for those guys, the contract, and whatever the Lakers would use to sweeten that deal, whether that's a second-round pick, two second-round picks, a second and a first, you know, two firsts, whatever it is, those guys are not being traded to go to the other team and play because the other team wants them on the floor. So, Do you, um, think, do you think, Aaron, that he's been, like, do you mean he you meaning Pat Bev? He, yeah, Pat. Like okay. with with how bad that Pat had, and he's he's gotten better, I think, as the year has gone on. Um, but uh, do you think he's been bad, like in a vacuum, bad, and he's just bad now, or do you think there is something that can be done that can get more out of him? Because I was thinking about this last night, and I kind of wonder if their approach of having him as like the three and D wing has mm -hmm. actually made him worse. Like it, it's making him work really hard. And I, and a lot of his shots have, you know, they haven't quite had the right rhythm to him. They're coming up short. Like, I wonder how much of how hard he's having to work defensively is impacting him on offense. So I think, I think he has enough of a track record around the NBA that even though he's been not so good this season, I think it's too early to say that he's cooked. Um, the shooting was always a thing that, I figured was going to turn around because he was terrible at the beginning of the year and has, you know, made some shots since then. Um, and it has a track record as a good catch and shoot guy. So that the, the jumper, I'm not worried about. Um, I do think there is a, a tax, a toll to be paid when you are having to guard up a position or in his case, guard up two positions, but it's not something he's never done before. He was the primary defender on KD on you know Clippers Warriors playoff series, you know he's guarded Jason Tatum, um, he's guarded Luca. So this is not something that he is not used to. Maybe not to this duration and for and with this frequency, but he has been a guy that has been deployed on guys that are much bigger than him that we would consider you know the alpha predator wings. So this is not completely foreign to him. Um, I don't think he's cooked. I think he's been bad this year. But I don't think he's I don't think he's cooked. I think he has enough of a track record to get the benefit of the doubt for longer than, you know, whatever it's been. I guess the season's been like exactly three months now. Um, I think there's still some benefit of the doubt that he is probably owed. Yeah, I, I the, the reason I ask is like. 
I, I don't think he'll be he'll there's enough time for him to turn things around here with the Lakers. I think eventually like he is the trade piece, right? That that is getting dangled out there. I think even above Russ, you know, in terms of names who come up most often in trades, it's Pat, it's none, and then it's probably Yeah, but there's a reason Russ. for that that it doesn't have to do with them as players, right? Like no, it's no, no, much no, harder not, to come up with you know, whatever, yeah. 40, whatever million dollars you need in a, in a rust trade. Yeah. Right. There's lots of I'm guys not saying that like the them. Lakers are sitting there like we need to move Pat. Like, I, I just think like in terms of because like we all agree that the Lakers have to make additions to this team, subtractions from the guard group and and Russ most easily fits into trades that can have, you know, positive impact with with the amount of money that he's owed this year. Um, it's just kind of too bad that like I could see him getting to a situation where he's asked to guard those guys like you know 80% less than he's being asked to every time he steps onto the court he's having to work his actual ass off um against oh, like no, the other I, team's best player I, I got, he got a little ass left he got he still has a little left no man like I, I don't he's know gone? if you it's just gone? like you, you look at him now Flat it's just a board like, huh yeah, white girl Instagram just like it's just, <laughs> just nothing, huh? You don't know which side is the front and which is the back with Pat, huh? That's what she's saying. And and it's just you know, it, it's been it's been I I I I guess when I when I watch somebody play significantly worse than they've been over their career, and you have this kind of precipitous drop off, you start to ask questions as to why. And I think a lot of times we, we tend to overlook the impact that a player's role can have on what that player is doing or what, what that player is capable of. And I think in this case, the Lakers have leaned a little too far into him as the three and D wing than, yeah. than is productive for him at so that role. His offensive role is, is pretty similar to what it's yeah, yeah, been, it's which is why I'm not really concerned about like, he's a good shooter shot. His shots shot will go in. I do think there's something to what you're saying about defense though. And there is a difference between what you are best at and what you are capable of, right? Mm -hmm. He is best as an on-ball bulldog, terrorizing other point guards, picking them up 94 feet from the beginning of the game, making their life miserable. But because of the Lakers roster and because he is capable of guarding up two positions, yeah. Yeah. he is being forced to more than he probably should be. Yeah. Um, but that's a roster thing. I, I, I don't think Pat is cooked. But Alexis, why well, you should be talking more? We're 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 going to have a whole show to talk tomorrow again. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to bring up the Russ and Sure double drives again. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like last season, for example, um, when uh, Harden and Kyrie were on the court together, they would just take turns. I figure, you know, if Russ and Schroeder can do that, that, you know, driving and you know setting up players, you know that would be effective and they would save energy later into the game. So it's, it's a good theory. My pushback on that is um, that Brooklyn team. Well, first uh, Harden and Kyrie are a lot better than Russ and Schroeder. Uh, but the other part of it is there's more room for them because they're being flanked by Kevin Durant, uh, Joe Harris, not last year, but Seth Curry, Patty Mills, you know, guys that their jumper fear, there's fear in the defense's heart yeah, when, when those guys are taking jumpers. And so those, if you beat the, 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 the difficulty for Russ and Schroeder, who are both good to very good drivers, but it's the same kind of issue with LeBron. Even if you beat that first guy, 
you're going to run into at two, sometimes even three guys, more defenders in your way because they're not worried about anybody on the perimeter. Yeah. I, I think it's a good, it is a good thought and it's a good theory. I just think with this Lakers roster in practice, it's, it's a, a little bit more difficult. So I think for my ideal situation with Russ and Sherver on the court, you have uh, Lonnie at the three when he comes back. Um, you have um, probably Gabriel and Thomas Bryant, you know, for the four and five. So you, you still have that spacing and, you know, the size as well. Um, you're a little bit, well, you're definitely um, – Bryant and Gabriel would have to be switching on defense and everything for, you know, rim protecting because Bryant, as we saw the past few games, he's not a rim defender. Ah, uh, no. So, I, you so can, you can take out, you can take rim out of that statement and you're still right. True. He's just, he just not, he's not going to guard anybody. Yeah. But that, but that would be my ideal um, lineup, you know, when Bron's not on the court. And you would I mean, probably just swap out Gabriel for Braun. I think that's a. Or yeah. I mean, yes. I think I think that is. I mean, it kind of illustrates right some of the 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 hurdles that the Lakers have to overcome because I think I think your lineup is about as good as you're going to do, and it's also not very good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we need to make a trade. <laughs> so okay, who do you I want? Need... Who's your number number one target? Who do you want? Everybody knows it. It's it's Kuz. It's Kuz and Wright. None none in Bev, but you know probably now with Washington, it's probably going to be Hachimura and um, Wright with like Bev and oh, John. Delon Wright. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Delon Wright. Yeah. So all I can say without getting anybody or me, I guess, in trouble <laughs> is. Uh, what the league is being told is that Kuz is not available and Hachimura is. Yeah, that's that's what I've been saying too. That's the Hachimura thing is interesting. Like, I don't know. I maybe it's because of of my own confirmation bias, and this is there's a, there's an there's an outcome to this that I'm hoping for. Right, I'm hoping that Kuz is the one who becomes available. But the Hachimura thing seems really interesting to me. That it. Like much in the same way that the the Miles Turner extension talks, like I swear we'll extend them, we'll do it. <laughs> we promise this time. We pinky promise we're gonna do it this time. And and like I don't know if anybody has noticed, nothing has really come out of it. Like <laughs> like you know, I I I, I feel like the Hachimura thing is is very much the same thing. It's like we promise we are not trading Kuzma. We are not gonna trade him. For anything less than a first rounder, but we are not gonna trade Kyle Kuzma under any circumstances whatsoever. And to prove that, here's a lightly used Rui Hachimura, who, like, we wouldn't really care about moving anyway. But still, here well, is this other thing. It's just that the we are in peak posturing season. We are in peak lying season, and like the Her the, the Turner extension talks and the Hachimura trade talks. Um, both reek to me of teams lying their asses off. But those teams, no asses. Those well, executives, best, huh? no asses whatsoever. Yeah. No, Everybody's no, just losing their ass. Pat Bev's no, working I, his ass off there, lying their ass off. Okay. Yeah. Right. So Hachimura is restricted. So if we trade for him, I think we can just, you know, match whatever we get. So, you know, and, and offer yes. Him, yes. So. The concern with that, though, and like the same is true of some other guys that are rumored to be 
being considered by the Lakers is that that's part of the calculus too, because then you're not only giving up whatever it takes to get those guys. Those guys also cut into cap space for next year. So whoever you maybe would be able to get, but now can't get is, you know, the opportunity cost of, of those moves and those acquiring those players has to be considered also. I just can't get myself interested in, in the cap space. It's not enough for me to like write home about, I, you know, I, I know that it's a talking point. I know that cap space is like every casual fans favorite word, because you can go out there and you can say like, Oh my God, look at all these things we could possibly do with our cap space. I just 30 million in cap space isn't enough to, to reshape the roster. Um, especially if you're looking to sign, cause I know the Lakers um, are interested in, in, you know, pursuing, somebody who would use up a chunk of that cap space anyway. So you're going to sign a player who's probably making about 25 to 30 million. And then you're, you're, you're filling out the rest of your roster with minimum guys. And you're going to use some of the, the early bird rights on Winyan and Austin to re-sign them. And the roster will look a lot like this year's roster in terms of culture. It just, it, it's not something that inspires much intrigue to me. The other thing too, is if the Lakers were to go that, that route of cap space, I know there's this thought that the Lakers could trade for a star who becomes disgruntled and they could trade for that star into their cap space, but they aren't going to have anybody on their books for 10 ish million dollars to trade for a $40 million player into that $30 million of cap space. So do you think a sign and trade is possible with like Russ and we trade Bev Nunn and um, like this, you know, this season for someone, but that would they could, but that would require a team to be interested in Russ, right? That would be, that would require a team to be interested in, you know, Reeves, I guess, or, uh, Winion or Bryant or Lonnie, you know, like it would, it would require, it would require another team on the other end of that line. It, it just goes right back to like, you know, it is a trade that needs to be agreed to. It's not a free agent signing that, that is a little bit more, it, it doesn't involve another team. So, yeah, I don't know. I I still personally would rather trade Russ, Nunn, Reeves, um, even Lonnie for guys on longer contracts so that if you do get one of these situations where a star becomes disgruntled, you can trade multiple contracts that are on your books for that player. And if you don't if you don't use these picks, right? If you don't use the the 27 and 29 picks, um, and you get to draft night, then you have the contracts necessary to to make that trade for a star, and you have potentially you know three first rounders to work with, um, and 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 that's a route that seems more practical to me than than thirty million dollars to fill out essentially thirteen roster spots. Um, sure, but you, among a lot of other people, and I'm not saying you're wrong, have been clamoring for. A more balanced roster, right? A bunch of guys in that that 10, 12, 15 million dollar range. Mm -hmm. And one way to do that is with the cap space. So that cap space doesn't have to be used on a star. It can be, you know, it can be used for a $35 million player or a $32 million player, depending on where the cap falls. Um, it can also be used to sign three guys at, you know, here's one guy at 9 million, here's one guy at 12, here's one guy at 15, whatever, you know, however the math works out. Um, it just, there is optionality with the cap space. And again, I would probably prefer what you are suggesting also, but 
a trade has to materialize that is that is worth it. And from the discussions I have been a part of, that does not exist yet. Doesn't mean it won't in three weeks, because as you said, lots of people are lying. And as I have said, since I started, since you and I started with the hook, whatever, 16 months ago or 18 months ago or whatever it is now, uh, deadlines create activity. So of course, everybody's lying now um, because they're trying to get their Rudy Gobert trade. <laughs> We're not lying. We, no, we do not. We come not. on here. We tell the truth. All of it. It hurts us. It makes me drink whiskey, but we tell the truth. Um, I, Alexis, do you have any more questions or anything before we I, I, I would like to kind of circle back at some point to uh, the, the, the clutch discussion. What are your thoughts on 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 the, you know, the Lakers clutch offense kind of sputtering out at the end? Is there anything that that you're noticing that drives you bonkers in the same way that that, you know, I, I noticed, Aaron, I, I found my first gray hair the other day. Mm. I'm I'm 36. Yeah, you don't 36. know how old you are. OK, I'm, I'm old cool. enough to not know how old I am. Right. Well, that's uh, so why you're I'm, gray. I'm, I'm 36 years old. I found my first gray hair and, and I'm see. There you go. Alexis, that's the kind of thing that happens when you watch enough of the Lakers. We just they just sprout up. They, you, we watch them in the clutch, and then, pff, you know, like like Russell, what? The, oh my God, that shot that Russ took at the end of was it the third quarter? It was the third quarter last yeah, night, it was. where the Lakers were where the Lakers had momentum. They had cut it down to like a an eight point game, and he holds the ball for fifteen seconds and takes a left wing three. That was my first gray hair. I'm just gonna name that gray hair. Russ, like <laughs> I thought, I was gonna have to name it Miles the, or Avery, the, uh, but, the, but the, it's the pump fake into the shot clock violation air ball didn't Oof. do it for you. Yeah, and Man. and then like All the pump fake into the jump into the throwing off the defender. See that that to actually no sucked the gray hair back in. That oh. made me laugh so hard it was like I was young again. <laughs> this is depressing, Alexis. Alexis, tell us your Lakers fan origin story. This is <laughs> this is depressing. I don't. <laughs> Okay. Um, I like the hat, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I got it from Fanatics a couple months back. Um, not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we got it. We got it from a a what is it team team merchandise store. We are not. We are not here saying names of places. <laughs> okay. uh, so um, yeah, my fan uh, origin story. Um, so I was born in the 80s and, you know, Showtime and everything. And, uh, you know, I was about five or five, six, seven, you know, when I became a Laker fan. And, um, you know, um, your birthday probably, is December 31st, 1989. You are as young as possible to have still been born in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I was born at the dawn of the 80s. So, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's oh. just trying to help you out, but no. <laughs> she, she refused the screen. She's like, oh, right, I exactly. This. I she got waved this ISO. Me off. She looked like Russ. Hey, I'm LeBron over here. She's Russ waving me off. <laughs> I got this, Bron. We're good. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. Um, so, in the 80s, you know, I was really big fan of Magic and Showtime. And Michael Cooper is probably my favorite world player of all time for the Lakers. Um, and you know, that 87 finals, you know, was legendary. No, nope. yep. and it was legendary. And I've been a fan pretty much ever since. Are you, are you in LA? 
Uh, I'm currently I'm currently in Mesa, Arizona. I, okay. I used to I used to live in uh, San Bernardino, California. Well, so. if you ever if you ever make your way to a Lakers game, make sure to let me know. I'll buy you a drink if you consume alcoholic beverages. I do sometimes. So right. Then I sometimes will buy you one. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically speaking, we all sometimes do. Right. It's not, <laughs> nobody's nobody's ever like I always drink. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, all right, Alexis, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go here. We did get Carla right, in here. Thank you very much for spending that much time with us. That was a blast. Not a problem. All right. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Too. All right, Carlo, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well, good. Thank I'm you. doing good. You know, your your hair is is uh, noticeably Fantastic. not gray. You know, to 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 bring up the conversation <laughs> that we just had. Um. All right. So we were talking about the the Lakers' clutch offense, defense, uh, mm -hmm. just general struggles. It's just mm -hmm. like like, I'm, Aaron. Do you think there's is there anything that the Lakers do in clutch that you have confidence in? I don't think I have. Any. I still have I, confidence I in LeBron, even though it hasn't mm -hmm. gone well. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that to be honest. I I've I've I don't know. Hey man, I, I keep saying this. Doubt LeBron at your own peril. Like one day Father Time is going to win, but it's not yet. Look, man, Father Look, Time uh is technically mm, is, is really there at the last five minutes of the game. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I I'm a lifetime, I'm a lifelong LeBron fan, and him in the clutch this season is like it's it, it's making me I, 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 Beyond this, if if I if this hair color once is gone, it's probably gonna have like five gray hairs because <laughs> you'll be finding Le searching them out like Anthony. Le 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 LeBron James not just not being able to drive. I, 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 it drives me nuts. It, it I mean, oh my, it's like it, it, big, small. It doesn't matter. He he just won't drive. I, I don't understand why. I, I don't get it. So I, I do have, like Aaron mentioned this a second ago about, you know, um, you know, LeBron's mortality, right? Um, you know, that, that father time does come for us all. But um, I think this is kind of a foundational issue with the Lakers uh, during the LeBron era that they keep thinking that the way to make life easy on LeBron is to surround him with other creative players, other creators, right? Um, they have, they have, they had finishers in the year that they that they won that you know they had nails lebron was the hammer and they had nails um but instead of 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 that instead you know after winning the championship there they went out and got like a whole bunch of screwdrivers and they got like a mallet and and you know they still don't have anything that that needs to to actually get this thing done in the clutch and i think um you know, you watch some of the lineups out there and like Aaron was talking about how there just aren't very many options right now. Um, it's just, it's so many creators who don't help finish anything, you know? And, and like I was watching last night, the Lakers were running pin down screens for Max Christie because he was the closest thing to a finisher out there. They brought Kendrick Nunn in because he's the closest thing to a finisher that the Lakers have. They, for whatever reason, they didn't want to play Troy Brown. He's technically kind of sort of a, a finisher out on the perimeter, but like because of the way that the Lakers have approached building the roster around LeBron, they have made it on top of some of the mortality stuff, some of the just aging stuff. 
they have made it really difficult for him to get to the basket. And like the thing with LeBron, and this has been the case for him since he got into the league, it was the source of criticism and has been a source of criticism for a lot of his career. He is always going to make the right basketball play. Like he is always going to look at the situation in front of him and say, this is the most efficient thing to do. And uh, when he looks in front of him and he sees four defenders in the paint, he's going to say, well, there's no point in me driving into the paint. And then he looks on the perimeter and he sees Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, you know, like a, a Wenyan Gabriel. Like when he sees those guys surrounding him on the perimeter, he's going to say, oh, God. the most efficient thing to do here is my pull-up jumper. Like that is the most efficient basketball play to make. And, um, it's the worst, it's the best of a bunch of bad options. So until the Lakers give him better options to work with, I think we're going to keep seeing that really frustrating kind of standstill three pointer from either side of, of, of the, the three point line. So one caveat real quick, and then Carlo jump in, um, to put context in this. Yes, you're right. There have been more ball handlers, creators, um, on Lakers LeBron teams than he has ever had in the past. Um, and that has not been the way to team build around LeBron successfully in the past, but a at least a good chunk of that has been at LeBron's behest and has been LeBron's doing. And I think some of that may have been him recognizing his basketball mortality a few years back and recognizing if I'm going to age as gracefully as I hope to, then I'm going to need some of that creation load taken from me. And he is going to have to switch to turn into a play finisher in some respects, um, as opposed to or a play at least creator. a connective tissue. Sure. I mean, you know? I think that's still down the line, but yes. So I just wanted, I just wanted to point out that it's not like, you know, magic kind of stood on the mountaintop and yelled it in the first year about how it was his great idea to get all of these. The grand you know, experiment. Right, to get, you know, Rondo and Lance Stevenson and all of these yeah, guys that we're going to dribble and create. Um, but a lot of it has been what LeBron is has been searching for. Fine, but it, it you know, it, it <laughs> it's it's fair to point out that context. But yeah, that's all know, I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying at some point somebody needs to stand up and be like, hey, guys, we've been trying this for like four years. Can we just go back to the thing that won us a championship? Can we just try that? Um, and we didn't get that this last offseason when, no. when he had less impact on on the team around him than in, in prior years. Um, Carlo, did you have another question uh, or another topic or an Orca fact? Or you can yell at me. Or you can yell at Aaron. <laughs> you can yell, can at, yell, me yell at me for, me, for messing it, for ruining the Lakers. You can yell at me. Uh, no, nah, no. Nah. If, if Rob was in this uh in this conference call or some, uh, in this podcast, maybe I would yell at someone, but <laughs> what would no, you I'm say? Just I'm just playing. I'm just no, playing. no, come on with it. You didn't I, open I, the I, door I, now walk through. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> but uh, no, um, um, th there's one thing that, um, there's one thing that, um, I'm kind of curious about to see what your guys' take. Um, it's at the end of the game against the Sixers, LeBron didn't even ask for the ball at all. Like he didn't command it. He was just like he was just like he saw Russ. He saw he saw Russ against Embiid, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, He's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, there's a lot of time there. There's a lot of time. There's a whole lot because I think Russ took the ball straight from from backcourt to like 
to like he crossed the court with the ball. Yeah, I think it's I think the play started with eleven or twelve seconds left. Yeah, and then just LeBron just stood there, and he saw Embiid against Russ. Like, no, no man. Like, there's a few, there's a few like big men that Russ can go still go against, but Joel Embiid is not one of them. And I, I'm just curious what your guys' take. Especially on why if LeBron... Joel Embiid is allowed to grab his wrist and like guide him to the basket. <laughs> like... But but still, uh, in my opinion, like it shouldn't have come came down to that. Oh, for sure. Like, LeBron is being guarded by Tobias Harris. Like, come on, dude. Like, wh- why didn't he ask for the ball? Do, do you guys have any idea of why? Because there's still a lot of time left. I think it was kind of understood that LeBron was going to get the ball. I, I think, and and Ham talked about this um, afterwards, saying that, you know, he was comfortable Should've with Russ out. going against Embiid. Um, and I don't think, I, I, I think it's fine. I, if you want to, if you want to probably disagree. Darvin, <laughs> if you want to, my issue with that, with all of that was, as I said earlier, Russ got the ball with like 11 or 12 seconds left and tried to go after Embiid and it didn't work. And he kind of had to reset with yeah. five seconds That's or so left. The at that point, you got to call the timeout because you got nothing going. And at that point, you still have time to go draw something up and get something. Um, in which case you can say, LeBron, you're making this decision. Either you're shooting it or you're fi- finding the guy that's shooting it. So my my disagreement is with not calling a timeout there. The 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 other part of it too, it kind of reminded me of um, like LeBron will do this every so often with guys who he doesn't think are getting the message, and I think the communication between him and Russ has wavered. Um, is how I'll I'll put it. But uh, sometimes he'll kind of passive aggressively say, you know what, make your own mistake, and he'll kind of back off. He did this with Kyrie a bunch, um, and he did this early on when he got back to Cleveland, he, and, and he just kind of did the whole, like, I'll let you guys make your mistakes. Whenever you're ready to start winning, you can come and, and we can start working together. And I think uh, that's one approach to take with younger players who are eventually going to listen. But with somebody like Russ, who thinks at every moment that he is the best player on every basketball court that he steps on— he's never going to get that message. So I, I do think I agree with Aaron that at the end of the day, that was kind of on on ham, not calling a timeout at the very least on the reset. I, I personally would have called it as soon as it looked like they weren't in transition anymore. And as soon as it looked like Russ was going to challenge Embiid, um, that is not a matchup. He's going to win at this stage of his career, uh, of his career, especially against a defense that like is all looking at him, right? Like it's one thing. It's one thing if it's like a four on three kind of thing, and the defense is kind of moving around. But the defense was pretty much set when he went into his attack. And and I think it was, um, was it Niang? I think it was Niang who actually mm-hmm. got the credit for the block on that play. Uh, it, it, and, and the reason he got the credit for the block was because he was sitting there waiting because of like the stuff we talked about earlier. It was, I, I, I don't know the lineup that was actually out there on the court, but I would imagine Schroeder was probably out there. Or I would imagine... You know, maybe maybe uh, Brown was probably out there, and and there just aren't there isn't anybody on the Lakers team right now, especially currently who aren't hurt. That like the defense is saying we are not moving from this guy's side ever. Like there is nobody on the Lakers roster who draws that kind of attention, and like and this is why I, I wish the Lakers would go into more two man game between LeBron and Russ because they, that's how you generate down. You know. 
downhill movement from those guys, you're not going to do it from a standstill where you have a whole bunch of help defense who don't care about the shooters that they're that they're currently matched up on. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to repeat myself. I don't hate the Russ going at Embiid on the perimeter. I don't hate it. That's I do, especially when Embiid is allowed to like forearm check him. Yeah. I don't hate it. But didn't they say it, that wasn't a foul? Once, once they it, said they, they they said it wasn't a foul. Yeah, yeah. That the NBA said once. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Like, once, once, once Embiid, Embiid's you know one of the best defenders in the league. He's not great at moving his feet. So like I, the idea of it, I can see in Russ's head why he thinks he has an advantage there. But once that first drive gets stifled, mm-hmm. it's time to do something else. You think Gavin peace out? Russ, I was about to pull Russ, him on stage. You think Prime Russ with the uh, Prime Russ would beat Joel Embiid. Right? Prime? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Prime. Prime for in, sure. We're in the, just like in, five, in years, the NBA, five years. In, removed in the NBA, especially with guys who are that athletic, like and reliant on their athleticism as Russ has been, going from it, you know, top one tenth of one percent athlete, even by NBA standards, going from that to. 95th percentile athlete in the NBA, which Russ probably still is. It makes a world of difference. It's the like yeah. milliseconds. Everybody is so good. It's those little milliseconds of advantage that he can't create anymore. Yeah. He probably would have cooked Embiid, you know, if it was Embiid now and, and Russ five years ago. Probably. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, and I all of that's that... in Russ's head. Cause Russ still thinks he's that guy. Yeah, that, I, th- I think yeah, that's the to. biggest factor here that that the Lakers keep running into. It's it's that like for some reason, well, not for some reason. I like this. Is we go to overtime, by the way, in Boston, Golden State, yeah, Boston, two it's overtime. A good game. <laughs> um, this is this is where like, like Phil Jackson famously said the player that he least was interested in coaching was a star who is no longer a star because that star is always going to think that like. This is, I, I still have it. I, you know, and the shit, like there are still moments where I walk outside and I'm like, man, I feel pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, we all saw that great. Euro stumble. We yeah. know. Yeah, um, that's what happened. By the way, like, especially... I, I went into that. I went into that. I was like, man, I feel pretty good. Like, let me just go right, left. And then, yeah. But here's and, the thing. Then, especially... like, it, then reality kicks in. He's like, no, actually you're round. <laughs> it's even more <laughs> difficult though, right? Like, yes, a star who still thinks he's a star that's no longer produces like a star. It has to be maddening to coach, but especially someone who has the ball all the time and especially, yeah. especially someone who has the ball all the time and their game is based on athleticism and not skill. Right. If it was like, whatever, 10 years from now, when Clay Thompson probably shouldn't be playing NBA basketball anymore, he'll still be able to come off a pin down and he can still think he's yeah. a star and may not be a star anymore. And he'll still terrify defenses. Yeah. Those guys are easier to, age gracefully than guys that have the ball all the time and their game is based on athleticism yeah that's why i'm always fascinated of what will steph curry look when he's like 40 on the minimum contract oh my goodness Uh, he'll look like (laughs) he'll probably look like he's on the pga tour because i imagine he will be at uh, six years Uh, i don't know i don't know no i think (laughs) steph can play as long as he wants clearly yeah and he can probably score 20 points a game because he's in such great shape just shooting jumpers in yeah. perpetuity, it'd be Bill Burke's age, just <laughs> getting shots, like, <laughs> just just getting buckets. Um, and I don't know. I sure. I guess depending Bill on Bucket, how the next few years I, go. But I, 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 my prediction is that Steph will will play golf professionally. 
Oh, it'll be interesting. He's good, man. He's good. I've, I've, I was gonna I've say watched he's him good. play. No, he's yeah. good. He's he's legit. Oh, I have uh, a question. Holy oh, moly. Yeah. The best oh. TV show on, 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 or the best show on TV. Holy moly. With, I have with no Steph idea what that is. Oh, no. Really? Is it a golf show? Is it like a yeah, reality it's like show? The, it's like the, it's like the, the, um, mini golf show that he does oh. and, uh, Joe Tess from ESPN and the guy from uh, The Hangover. And a whole bunch of other goofy movies. That, uh, that has to be on Golf Channel and probably no, it's only on streaming. it's on ABC. It's a Disney thing. What? Yeah. Oh, all, right. all right. Yeah. It's I'm on Hulu. Heard of it. I, mean, I have I have another question though. Yeah. For you, all right. Both of you What's guys. up, Carlo? Um. Uh. So, so since we're at the theme, we're uh, we're we're all we're a few games away from LeBron unbelievably passing Kareem. Oh my god! It's still unbelievable to think. February seventh. I've been saying it for like three uh, weeks. I'm predicting February seventh. The Thunder. Unbelievable game that somebody will pass actually pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But um, in that theme, um, I know that basketball has changed, and a lot of these young guys will probably have a great chance of beating LeBron at some point. But in terms of current players that are close or in the same time, there's no one in the same timeline as LeBron. Are close to close to LeBron in terms of a timeline in their careers, like KD, Steph, is there anyone who has a legit shot, you think, no. at beating LeBron No, at this point? No. Like, Even KD? Uh, no. KD Had KD not gotten hurt, you know, with the Achilles in the finals and MVP, missed whatever, yeah. it's like two and a half years, mm-hmm. yeah. and then, you know, had to miss all those games because of COVID also, um, I think he probably would have passed Kareem. I don't think he would have passed LeBron, though. I would say that yeah. if you ask me of any current player who has the best chance of passing LeBron, I would say it's Luca, but I doubt it. I, I I would say it's Luca who has like a 5% chance. I think that's probably the best chance. Luca needs to get in shape. <laughs> he, he, he's at the age now where it doesn't really matter. Like he can still be dominant at, at this age or whatever, but at some point he's going to have to like get more serious about conditioning. The thing about LeBron is he has played <laughs> He's played 20 years um, as, and he's probably been in the top five NBA players for what, 16 of those years, 17, yep. maybe, you Somewhere know, in and, that neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is, that is unheard of. Like even Kareem at the end of Kareem's career, he was scoring 14 points a game. Like he was, it was right. not it's, what, it's it was not what LeBron is doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 you know it's elite ability, and elite ability for as long as LeBron is doing it. Like I think it will not happen again. Yeah, I I, I don't I, I don't I, I'm not going to go so far as to say like it will not because I I do think you know maybe 20 years from now we, we'll get another you know run like that. But in terms of players currently going, I don't see it, man. It, it's what LeBron is doing and what LeBron has been doing now for two decades is, is not something that we're ever going to see again. I agree. It's insane. I would say Luca, like, Luca, Luca is the guy. I know. The only... It's insane. The, the consistency don't... too, the consistency of like how he, like his consistency is like way beyond and unimaginable. Like it, it, you can't, it, 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 that does not happen at all. Like it's so, yeah, he scored at least 10 points in every game. Longer than you've been alive, games. Carlo. Over, oh, <laughs> over, over a thousand games. I think now he's, he's way past Michael's record. He's there. Legit the there are one. people who like do things for a living that don't require that level of physical aptitude, who aren't 
as great at what they do for as long as LeBron has been great at what he has done. Think about like, like think about like accountants the greatest... that wear out before. Yeah. Like, like think about, <laughs> think about like, like yo-yo ma, right? Like, like, just like, just think of like, just like the, the, the best in the world at what they do. Um, you never see somebody be that good as, as good as LeBron has been at basketball for as long as LeBron has been that great at basketball. It's Correct. just not going to happen again. It's, it's wild. It's insane. I, I think um, a big part of it is like transition from being a physical player to like mental. Uh, he always talks but about. But he's also physical. Like he's yeah, no, still... I know, I know. But like, but like, but yeah, like the highest basketball like, IQ and the most physically but gifted. Like back yeah. then, like LeBron five years ago. Ooh, that's a good one. Gavin with with Nolan Ryan was a good one. Nolan but, Ryan but, actually retired. Fun fact about Nolan Ryan, he uh he actually retired not because he didn't have it in terms of stuff anymore. He retired. Because he was afraid that he was throwing so fast and his vision had gone out on him that he wasn't going to be able to react to a comebacker. So it wasn't a matter of him not having it anymore. And you look at his stats, he still very clearly had it. He was concerned that like he wasn't, you know, whether it was reflexes or vision, which like vision, given how hard he was throwing is kind of terrifying for batters. But like vision um, and reflexes, he was concerned he didn't have it anymore. And 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 yeah, that's the closest thing. Tom, Bra- Tom Brady is the closest. One. Yeah. Tom Brady's another one. But like that's the physical it. demands on quarterbacks and pitchers is nowhere near what it is on NBA players. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially now, like in, in, in the NFL, it's flag football for white quarterbacks. It's just, it's a different. different <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not about white or black. It's about the ones that run. <laughs> they don't get the first. It's because they run. It's not because they're black. Yeah. Brady threw like Although 66 passes. Somehow Josh almost. Allen doesn't. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> he threw 66 passes on on Monday night, I think. I think 66, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, That's Brady? Insane. Yeah. That's insane, dude. I, I mean, Brady's going to be a Raider, right? Like, I think Brady... Um... There's like MGM already has a hey, deal man, with TV. I, I don't know about I don't know about breaking up with a Brazilian supermodel that makes more money than you do to go <laughs> play what what we just saw. I don't that is not like I don't think he'll better. end it that way though. Like to come back for just one season after losing everything. You think it's gonna be you, you think got? next year is gonna go better than this? You think he's gonna get better? Oh yeah, he's gonna go he's gonna look way better on the Niners. Look at that. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's gonna look way better than the night. No, thank you. Two, three years ago, that's I did want that. And Aaron Rodgers, I'll take Aaron Rodgers next year. You want, you want Kirk Brady? Cousins? Do you want Kirkland no, no, Cousins? No, no, thank you. Are you interested? I also, please, <laughs> never mind. Cousins please take Brock Cousins. Party? Chris, no, cousins no, 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 thank you. No, no, thank you. You can please. have Jimmy G if you want. Pretty please. Yeah, Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins. I just no, want a no. quarterback who is capable of like, like a, a fifteen-yard sprint. Just one time. I just, like, Lamar Vikings, Jackson? Please, Lamar Jackson? That's that's a fascinating one. Oh. Jackson's like, Jackson uh, not getting the contract that he wants and then not playing for the rest of the year. I, I you know, I'm not questioning the legitimacy of his of his injury. But if that was like a, a contractual move on his part, well done, sir. I respect it. I, I don't <laughs> want to speculate like that because it's like dehumanizing athletes and I'm big on like n- not doing that. But... Man, it's there's some there's some going on down there. There's some going on down there in Baltimore. Uh, I don't I don't want to speculate about that, but it's no, I'm I'm saying I'm saying it's the right move. It's kind oh, of it like is. those those uh, athletes yeah. those athletes like in in college who like get dogged for not playing in their bowl game at the end of a year. It's like yeah, yeah. 
No, man. It's you you have your entire career to prepare yeah, for. It's a life changing move. Like, yeah, go for it. Don't, if you if 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 you think it's safest for your future NFL career to not play a bowl game, like don't. It, it, it's funny. <laughs> my home. my wife um my wife just moved recently to management and and um they were having. Oh, this, I thought like, you were saying you were gonna say she moved like. To a different location. Yeah, she and Giselle, they live together. Um, uh, but, 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 um, Tried to get you to give up the podcast and you just couldn't do it? She like, I, I will never log off. Um, but like they, she, she moved into management and one of the conversations that they're like, their team was having is, you know, how can we keep employees in the company? And, you know, I, I was, I was part of it. I'm, I'm moving eventually into more management too. It's just like pay them. Pay them guaranteed salaries. Like, that's it. So, like, if, if you're the NFL and, and you want Lamar Jackson to play more often or if, you, if you're a little nervous about, like, this injury situation, give him a contract. Give, give him a guaranteed contract. Mm, and I guarantee happen. you he'd, he'd have healed up. I think he'd have been fine. So, we were talking about how the Gobert trade, Gobert trade um, destroyed the whole um, trade um, negotiations and stuff. Do you mm-hmm. think um, Deshaun Watson's guaranteed contract ruined the contract negotiations for QBs in the NFL? Because Lamar wants that whole nine yards, like the, the the one that Deshaun Watson got. All athletes should, man. Especially Lamar Jackson playing the way that he does without the protection that other quarterbacks have because yeah. he's a running quarterback. Like like those, it's it's legitimately. You talked about the dehumanizing of 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 athletes or whatever. There is no worse dehumanization than NFL players of all athletes not having guaranteed contracts. There is nothing worse those in, in professional sports. Those in that facts. sport, those guys like 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 people were like cheering for for Buffalo because they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna guarantee Demar Hamlin's contract." You should. Why isn't it? This, should, this is not something place. we should be high fiving you for. You yeah, should be like exactly. patting yourself on the back for that. Yeah. You, that is not something he should ever have worried about. But True. all right, um, we're going to go ahead and call it here. Uh, and 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 another fun conversation. Another. Thank you very much, Alexis. Thank you very much, Carlo, for hopping on uh, when you guys did. Thank you, everybody who uh, was active in in the uh, comments here. And thank you, everybody, who have been tuning in for the entirety of this frustrating Lakers season. Thank you very much, Aaron, for for hopping on as well. Um, If you enjoyed this conversation and want more of it, Aaron and I are going to be talking tomorrow on The Hook. So until then... It's more antagonistic, but yeah. Yeah, a little, little. Based on... on, So I've... All right, I'm going to tease this. You guys ready for a professional Uh radio tease? Yeah. There you go. There you go. I, I don't like to do the reporter thing, but every time I have a conversation with people around the league about what the Lakers are getting ready to maybe do in the in the trade deadline or what they're looking to do in the offseason, I want to throw stuff. So if you guys want to hear more of that kind of conversation, get ready for the hook tomorrow. How about that? <laughs> oh, Aaron, come cool. back. Aaron. Start drinking again. <laughs>